Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today in studio, I, I, I almost can't even contain my excitement. I have Brandon and Ricardo here. It's like it's the old days. Guys, welcome to the show. Say hello to the people. What's up, people? <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> Man. Great, great. Hey, people. <laughs> anyway, you guys are starting over, Jeremy. If you can, uh, if you could like, rate, review, share, all that good stuff, this podcast, we would really appreciate it. Uh, helps us with the algorithms and able to book. No, nah, we're guests. excited to be here, Jeremy. It's 2023. It's the first time in the studio. First time. I haven't seen you guys since. Well, I haven't seen Ricardo since the new year, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, happy new year, you guys. Yeah, happy so. new year. Happy new year. Um, oh, hey, I don't even know if we should jump right into it, but yesterday was January 18th, Jeremy. Yes. But are we planning was. on talking about that? I was going to mention it. Huh. I was going to mention it. It was uh, your son Cruz's birthday, yeah. right? Big day. Oh, wow. It's yeah. uh, It was Isn't also. Strange? Yeah. We didn't even put the two and two together, but that. Until what do like they call this day ago. for you guys, Jeremy? Uh, it was actually my life day life. yesterday. And that's the and 25th anniversary. Life day. And that's also Cruise Born Day. Cruise Born Day, Jeremy's Life Day. We, uh, we didn't put that together until probably like last year. I think it was like a month ago we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. um, I said 2022, like I said a minute ago. And he's crazy. What now? He, he just, just turned, turned nine. 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 Okay. But yeah, you know, I was going to post some. I was going to try to think of some prolific thing to say about... You're, you're overthinking stuff. You just got to do it, the, man. About my life day, about it being 25 years since I was injured, which is... It, it's, like, hard to wrap my brain around that it's been that long, right? Like, I, I don't know Because time why. flies. I mean, it you know, really that's does, crazy. Yeah. It goes by so quick, and, uh, yeah, I definitely don't feel like I've been paralyzed for 25 years, but... Um, you know, it's it's a it's a sobering kind of reminder of of that and like and how I never thought in a million years when I first got injured that I would be in, you know it, living in a wheelchair for twenty five years. Um, but you know, God willing, that it won't be that much longer before they figure something out. Um, and really, man, I just I want to like I just I'm so appreciative of all like the people that have impacted my life in one way or another um whether that be through the podcast whether that just be through you know family and friends and all that they've done to help facilitate my life and and what you know helped me with kind of chase my dreams down and and all of that sort of stuff you guys i mean this is uh yeah it's a it's an interesting thing man it's it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy thing so well, um, well, Jeremy, you know, I um, not to get all sentimental and stuff here, but, you know, we've been doing this uh, a little over a year and a half together now. And, you know, you've always been like my favorite, one of my favorite nephews. Well, that's not and, saying a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm I mean, you know, we've always gotten along, you know, we've yeah, always had yeah. good conversations and whatnot. Um, and, um, you know, I didn't really have an appreciation of what you go through until I started hanging out with you more and more. And, um, you know, because of distance, right? And it really made me reflect on how lucky, you know, I am, you know, 
It's, it's not about what you have. It's about the time and the people you have mm. in your life. And, um, and you've had some great people with you in your life. Yeah. And, I've, and I've I, and, you know, and, and, you know, I missed a lot of that cause I was busy raising a family and stuff, you know, being, not being around, but, um, I thoroughly enjoyed doing these podcasts with you and I really look forward to coming down and seeing you. And I am really happy that, uh, you know, whether it's walking or 25 more years of wheeling until they figure it out, I hope we can keep doing this. So it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy that, that um, you know, looking back and Ricardo and I were both there at the time, 25 yep. years ago, different stages of our life. I might be in a similar stage right now to where Ricardo was. Yeah. Now right. that I think about it. That's true. Um, and you're right. I mean, the, the journey is what it's all about right now and shit yours was is a wild ass journey bro and i think that the people would really like to to see you say some words because they might not all hear the podcast so i mean don't yeah. don't i mean just put yourself out there and it's okay i think that people would enjoy that yeah yeah maybe i will man i'll yeah try i mean you do some amazing that. shit bro and you don't give yourself enough credit yeah. i, I mean you're always that. busy doing something you know, for people or working with other people on a, on your other podcasts and stuff that you're doing, and I'm I'm just always amazed. So uh, yeah, at your yeah. spirit, you have a real positive spirit, and I, like we talked before, I know there's down days. Not every day can be you know apple pie and birthdays, but uh, <laughs> you know, you you you're you're pretty fucking amazing, Jeremy. Oh man, I need you guys to stop right now. Man. Okay. My right, my ego's well, about to will. get out of control. We will for now. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I, I do appreciate you guys. Thank you for the kind words. And yeah, like I, I, I love this man. And you know, it took me, I don't know, like 22 years, 20, 21 years to like find like this outlet of doing this podcast. But um, I'm glad we have this now and uh, that we're, you know, able to reach whoever we're, we are reaching. And like, it always surprises me when, when we hear from people um, it's like, man, people actually do listen to this podcast and, you know, I, I appreciate all of you listening and, and yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's a blessing, man. I so. think it's, uh, I think it's really helpful for people that are in similar situations to hear, to hear this podcast. That's just my guess. But yeah, and, and also for researchers who listen to this podcast that Jeremy's had on, right. To see like what people struggle with and. Maybe they can come up with some new ideas and some developments to help to get people to work. Or, or collaborations, yep. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, anyway, that's enough of, enough about me, all right? I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't want this whole podcast to be about me. But uh, we did get to, uh, you know, this week I, I was able to, uh, to touch base with, with a guy that um, I actually am in a fantasy football league with. We, we talk about that a little bit at the end of our interview, uh, named Adrian Garcia. And Adrian was injured. I, I, in the podcast, I'm like, oh, you've only been injured for a little under a year. But I was, uh, I interviewed him right after the new year. So I was still in 2022 mode. And he said, you know, he got injured in 2021. So um, I was thinking it had only been a year, but it had been just, uh, just so about right two years. So right out the gate, we're getting into fact checking. So I'm fact checking myself, yeah. yes. Uh, anyway, Adrian is, his, you know, his girlfriend is like six months pregnant when he gets injured. Uh, in a just catastrophic work accident um it, it, you know and, and I just I can't even imagine like what that like added uh you know 
Well, I think what added, it is, man, is added that responsibility would be like going into something because like, like this this injury is hard as hell to deal with. As you know, like I got injured when I was eighteen. Um, you know, like I have no like I'm just trying to like get ready to go to college or whatever. Like that's if I had a child on the way, I don't even know. Like that, that's just crazy to me. It's uh, it's another tale of you know an average person going about their average day and things not go i mean it's going one way one second and then the next your whole life's turned upside down yeah yeah and you know what's remarkable to me is his story is that uh, you know he survived it all right you know a a fall and then how long it took him to get to places to get help right yeah yeah i mean thank god um yeah, he was able to yeah to get get help and and get um, you know back to a, a you know a productive life on some level, and he's had a lot of uh, you know he's he's interacted with a lot of people like from the Triumph Foundation and Chelsea Furyk, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, have been big influences on him and really helped him kind of get through this thing. Uh, up to this point and um you know it seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders a great group of people around him and um yeah i'm just thankful that he was was willing to come on the podcast and and tell us his story because his story is amazing man and and that's like so many people uh that that are dealing with this injury their their uh, stories are just amazing man so um let, let's get to his interview real quick before we give up too much information about it and then we'll uh we'll talk to you guys on the other side Sounds good, Jeremy. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are excited to visit with Adrian Garcia. Uh, Adrian is a spinal cord injury survivor, a father, and an advocate. Um, Adrian, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Thank you for having me. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, You know, I I was... uh, I'm happy that you were willing to come on. Uh, I know you, your your injury happened less than a year ago. Um, so, you know, for anybody that that's listening that that doesn't know you hasn't hasn't come across you on social media, um, you know, how did you get injured? Yeah, and and uh, suffer a spinal cord injury. So, um, February sixteenth, uh, two thousand twenty-one was the day that forever changed my life. Um, I was a solar technician. Uh, for four years and just like any other day up on a roof doing some installing as I was um, tied into a junction box finishing up the electrical component that works its way down to the uh, the main inverter um, there was a duffel bag behind me and uh, it caused me to trip up and fall 43 feet which therefore broke my c6 and c7 it left me paralyzed from the chest down with a limited hand function and um slim to none tricep okay um do you have a complete injury or incomplete um i would say i'm more or less a complete but uh i don't technically believe in that term complete um and i have reasons behind that but um i i, I would say I, I would say i'm on paper complete but another people's eyes and doctor's eyes have been perceived as incomplete so it's kind of a weird question yeah that is man there's there's definitely no two spinal cord injuries are the same so um yeah like 
yeah, he did. Seems like he has some good movement, though, man. Just like uh, on video here, uh, us talking. But um, you know, when so uh, where did you like? W- what's the aftermath of this? Like, you fall? Like, do you lose? I- I'm assuming you lose. Probably get knocked out falling that far. Um, you know how? Like, when do you come come to? Like, where are you? You know, what's the process like? you know, getting taken to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, and, and did you, or did you even regain consciousness at any point uh, before, prior to going to the hospital? So my injury was really violent. Um, when I fell, I was attached to my safety equipment, but it failed, unfortunately, uh, which uh, there's always supposed to be, as they say, two men on the roof at all times. And my coworkers that were working with me that day, we work, we work in a group of four, a team of four each day with our company or with my previous company. They were all on the ground doing Lord knows what. Um, ironically, they found me. I gashed my forehead about eight inches into my scalp to where my skull was actually exposed and I was spewing out blood. So when they found me, it looked like a horror scene um, and I was floating in and out of consciousness, uh, praying to God you know, that, um, that it wasn't my time. I remember I'd say about 80% of my injury, unfortunately. Uh, and I say that only because of the PTSD that I deal with on a day-to-day basis when I'm in bed, uh, the trauma and reliving the fall, the feeling, the impact, the blood, my coworkers, expressions, the ambulance. I mean, you name it. It just like was something out, out of a movie, something you just don't, believe could actually happen but really could happen to anybody in a way yeah man um well that yeah i mean what okay so before i i have some other so now i have some other questions for you but um before we get to that like so so where did you go um you know like what what's like the timeline after the injury for them to get you stabilized um did they have to do like neck fusion on you um anything like that and then when did you get to go to rehab so um when the ambulance had came and picked me up i got injured in the mesa of napomo california on the central coast i'm from the central coast i'm from santa maria california which is about 15 minutes away from the town of which i got injured um they took me to a trauma 2 center in marion medical center at santa maria my home city um but when i got hurt it was high covid peak so it was a very interesting time to be this injured, you know, and let alone being able to see people while in the hospital because of COVID. Um, from what I understood during this time, uh, I was there for about two to three hours before the airlift came and transported me to Cottage Hospital in Santa Barbara, California, which is about an hour south of Santa Maria. Um, they were letting my family pretty much say goodbye because there was no telling whether or not I was going to live or pass at that point. Um I was a fighter, you know, I fought with everything left in me because all that kept running through my mind was the fact that my fiance that I was trying to get home to that day, I had just got off the phone with her as I was going up on the roof for my second job of the day. The one that I plummeted down, um, all I kept thinking about was her face and our her, her stomach of being six months pregnant with our firstborn daughter, Avery. So um, I guess that was my strength too to proceed on and, and to fight with everything that was left in me to uh, see another day. Um, and as I was airlifted, I was taken a cottage and went into immediate surgery and had a fusion 
through the front of my neck and then 48 hours had a fusion to the back of my neck fusing my C6 and C7 together and thus that point on I wasn't about I want to say I was a bit of a comatose from the drugs and from everything else I was hallucinating um I was I remember being in a dark room not being able to see anybody um it was a nightmare you know it was a nightmare I didn't realize I was paralyzed until eight days after I had fallen. So I had no idea what was going on. And they kept me in the ICU at Cottage for 33 days. Um, I, I made it past that and then was transported in a non-emergency EMT to Santa Clara Valley Medical Center in the Bay Area. And that's when the journey began. Um, was in their extensive unit, which was the RRU for two weeks and I nearly was traked, but my breathing levels came up to where I would didn't need to be tricked. Luckily. Oh man. Yeah, and that's, um yeah. That's, and then I was transported. Yeah, man. Um yeah. so from Santa Clara then you were transported where I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh no no from Santa Barbara I was transported to Santa Clara and an emergency EMT. Okay. Yeah. That's where you went through your uh, rehab process at? Yeah. Yeah. I was in their extensive unit, their ARU unit for two weeks, nearly was trached, survived that, didn't get trached, went to their um, to their RRU unit. And, and then that's when the journey began with PT, OT. And that, that's when I was able to finally see my fiance. Um, pregnant with our little girl and um, probably about four and a half weeks in a PT occupational therapy. We went to labor at Santa Clara. Man, I, so like, I, I just, I feel like the shock and kind of the unknown after an injury like this is stressful, you know, for anybody, any age, whatever the case may be, but you know, you have a baby on the way, like what, I mean, you know, you said you were kind of hallucinating. I know they always keep you on a lot of drugs, like early on after these, uh, after these traumatic a accidents like this and injuries. Um, you know, what? When did you kind of come out of that and kind of get back? Because I mean, obviously you're in the ICU for you said for 33 days, and then you went to Santa Clara for another couple of weeks that you were in the the intensive. Uh, intensive care or whatnot, um, and almost had to be traked. So what, um, you know, when did you kind of have like clear mind, like, like how long before you, you were kind of, uh, back to, to thinking clearly and, and, uh, able to kind of process what was going on? I'd say about, you know, uh, my first week into the ARU being transported from the RRU, the extensive unit at Santa Clara next door to the ARU. Um, that's when everything um, started to set in pretty heavily. You know, I was winging off the drugs. I still had my neck brace on, but the mind wasn't as foggy. And uh, I started to come to like, oh, my God, like, how do I how am I going to move forward from this from this nightmare? You know, I'm paralyzed from the chest down. My hands aren't working. Within the first month, my arms weren't even working at all. Um, I was completely paralyzed from the neck down. Um, so in that time, uh, I met some great occupational therapists 
and physical therapists at Valley. They were super helpful and motivating and encouraging. And um, they, they really helped me process this and kind of continue to push through seeing Bella, you know, getting out the initial tears that I think we all go through after something catastrophic injury, you know, um, and just trying to accept it, let alone having to, you know, comprehend that I'm about to be a father was I think the main thing on my mind and my injury um, was always on the back burner. Unfortunately, as desperately as I wanted to focus in on my injury, uh, I was about to be a first time father. So, you know, regardless, you know, rain or shine, you know, the kids come first. Kids always come first in my book. So, yeah, yeah my so, daughter. Yeah. So how did the so you said four and a half weeks, uh, I think, after you got into the rehab unit that you were able that your fiance uh, is fiance. Is it uh, are you guys married? I can I wasn't sure which. Um, but she's she's in she ends up coming up to Santa Clara and having the baby there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She's staying up there with her mother. You know, and then I'm starting to be able to see a little bit of family here and there. Got to see my mother, my brother, my grandparents, you know. Um, it was it, it was all pretty, pretty tragic. Um, but uh, it was great at the same time, you know. But just I never wanted my family to see me like this, nor does anybody want to see any of the loved ones in a wheelchair paralyzed from a terrible injury like this, you know. Right. But uh, I guess – in hindsight, I guess I could say that I was grateful to be alive and watch my daughter be born. You know, um, the hospital really came through for me. They, uh, they're really touched by my story and, uh, how things all just transpired and went into play. And, um, it was still high COVID peak at that point, even when I transitioned up to the, to the Bay area. Um, but they were able to, uh, the doctors got together with the, the ink U unit. Um, where my daughter was born and they were actually able to let me see my daughter be born during COVID, which was a beautiful thing because uh, they, they didn't have to do that, you know, um, but they're compassionate and, uh, and super understanding of my situation. So they kind of went the extra mile to accommodate uh, Bella and I. Wow, man, that, uh... That's an incre an incredible story, Adrian, for sure. Um, you know what? How much? I mean, I would feel. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Just like what your mindset's like at this point. Like, is is that? Um, you know, having your daughter now is that like motivation to like work harder in rehab? Like, are you just, um, you know, to to get as much back as you can at that point? Like, what what are you feeling? I guess when uh, and and you know, if anything's too much to talk about, man, like you can stay so. But, um, you know, what, what's like going through your mind at that point, um, you know, kind of you know, being in struggle because, because rehab, you know, is, is tough, man. Like there's nothing, nothing harder that I've ever gone through, um, than physical, you know, rehab after, after this injury. So, and talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah. Um, at Valley, it's a, I had less than five weeks of physical therapy and occupational therapy because my daughter arrived. But uh, during that time, of course, uh, I, I, I think uh, a lot of fear and panic set in, you know, and just the unknowing um, on how I was going to be able to pr provide at this point for my family. How was I going to be able to do this and do that? Uh, fortunately, the way I was injured, a lot of it was on the company's uh, 
the company's fault. So it left me workers' compensation, which was a huge saving grace in a lot of ways financially to still be able to support my family. But they're, you know, also trying to recover. You know, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have this little baby and all of our time and energy is going to be put into her. And here I am, you know, running on like 30%, you know, but uh, just, I, I think just, just through a lot of um, just praying, I, I, I looked, I looked to the higher power, I looked to God, you know, this was above me and I knew I wasn't going to be able to get through this alone. So I think just through the grace of God and, and my, you know, support and love of my family, I think uh, that's what really helped me get through my first six months. You know, everyone kind of came through and assisted a lot with Avery. And um, it, it was a journey, man. It, it still is. It still is a journey every day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm about 20, 20 months out post-injury. I'm coming up on my two-year mark. and uh, And now it's all about recovery um we literally just moved the first week of december of last year from uh the central coast to socal santa barbara county to placer county so now i currently reside northeast of sacramento i moved up here uh a lot for rehabilitation one of the top rehabilitation centers in california that i've seen and been to is up here so now we're now we live up here um i got really deep into um clinical trials and reaching out with my story and getting involved with uh, organizations in California, like Triumph Foundation and NorCal SCI. And I made a lot of great friends along the way and just this brief period of time. And uh, I got heavily into research and now I am awaiting to get with clinical trial with Craig hospital in Denver, Colorado. So. No, I've heard good things about Craig for sure. Um, a lot of people really, uh, really love that place and, and what the beautiful do. place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the, so how long, I guess, so you say four and a half weeks after you got into rehab then your daughter's born, yep. how long, um, you know, did, did your, did your girlfriend and your, your baby then go get discharged from the hospital? Like how long after that, did you get discharged? Um, what what was that kind of process like for you guys? Like kind of you transitioning out of the hospital to back to a home life. So my daughter was born May the May the fourth. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. <laughs> and um, yeah, and we were all discharged May seventh. Oh, so wow. we yeah we got discharged together. Uh. And so do you go back to, to your home in the central coast? Is that like even an option for you at that point? Or you know, where do you guys go coming out of the hospital? So prior to injury, we were living in Paso Robles, California, like which is an hour away from the town that I moved back to, which Santa Maria, my hometown. So in that time of me being in the hospital doing physical therapy, occupational therapy, you know, occupational therapists and physical therapists are trying to frantically help me find an accessible place because I used to live upstairs in our apartment. There's no way I'd be getting up there now. Right. So we had to, during all that, despite everything that went on, we had to get our stuff and, and I had to hire movers while I'm in Valley to move my apartment from Atascadero. We find an apartment in Santa Maria on short notice. And before I even was able to visually, you know, go there 
and see the place, see if it even worked for accessibility wise and whatnot. I just took the advice of which I was learning as I was going along and completely moved and went, went to a whole new place when I got out. So I didn't even get to go home. I had to transition to a new home with my family. It was all new, you know, and then trying to, uh, you know, cope with everything, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm, I don't, I really don't know how I did it thinking back and talking about it like this. I don't know how I did it. That, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by you, man, for real. Like this is like, yeah, just being able to keep it together to do all this. I mean, and obviously, you know, I know your, your fiance um, and your, you said mentioned earlier, friends and family were a big help for you. Um, you know, talk about them and then, and yeah, like, I, I mean, uh, yeah. Like how, how valuable were, were was having people like the friends and family around you and, and your, your uh, fiance and everything and, and your daughter. And, and I mean, like, how did all that kind of help in your, in your transition back? Um, my fiance needed her mom. So her mom moved in with us and she's been living with us ever since I got injured still to this day. Um, so she moved in and then my mother and my aunt were providing care for me at that time. So, um, it was a huge help, you know, just to be around people that I trusted to be around family, you know, and that's not obviously how I had anything planned in life, nor do any of us expect to ever become misinjured. Right. Um, but, um, it was huge. It was huge, man. Um, you know, just, uh, being able to talk things out, cry on each other's shoulders, you know? just an, an open arms and, you know, just love the love for my family. And then, you know, other family coming to visit me from different parts of California. Um, it was, it was great, you know, just a lot of support. Um, it really impacted a lot of people that I, I had no idea it would when I got hurt. So I think we could all kind of, you know, experience that when something like this does happen. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, you know, so from some of your tattoos, like I'm I'm a tattoo enthusiast, uh, also, Adrian, but like for some of your tattoos and, and some of your posts and stuff, you can I, I can kind of feel that you're you're a pretty religious person, pretty spiritual. Um, you know, what how did that kind of help you get through your injury? Um, like what was that something that was big to you prior to your to your injury? Um, or something you kind of found going through this process? I always kind of knew since maybe my junior high school days, the age of 13, I got injured at 29, who God was. You know, um, I remember finding God with a, a good old friend of mine, my neighbor, just kind of going through scripture one summer transitioning from junior high into high school. I'll never forget that summer. And that's pretty much when I started, you know, following and believing in the word of God. Um, my tattoos, uh, I do have a lot of scripture, a lot of biblical pieces on me. Um, I think I have I have Psalms 23 on my left arm, the serenity on my right. I actually have a Jesus portrait on my stomach, uh, a praying angel on my left uh, chest piece, and then St. Michael with the time clock on the right side of my uh, chest piece. Uh, and then I have wings. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am very tatted. Um, 
you know, it just basically everything that I had gotten prior to injury, all the tattoos, I started getting tatted at 21. I haven't been tatted since I got injured. Um, it just, it just all things that were relevant to my life. Um, you know, um, God's helped me through some very difficult situations in life, but nothing is in comparison to a spinal cord injury. Right. Nothing. Nothing's in comparison. I've been through the ringer a lot of times in my life, but to be through something like this, I just, I, I still don't know how to, to, uh, to cope with it some days, you know, am I good and my bad? I have my good and my bad, but staying involved is what I found, um, to be super helpful with this injury. And those were, uh, that was some advice given to me from, uh, a lot of people know her, uh, Chelsea Hill. Um, she's pretty famous in the, you know, spinal cord injury world. Um, yeah, I went to my first abilities expo in 21 March in LA downtown at the, uh, the convention center. And then she told me that, and that stuck with me, you know, that really stuck with me. And, uh, I took that, you know, with a grain of salt, and I just kind of kept pushing through, pushing through. Made a lot of great friends back home, you know, start our own little, like, chapter, um, our peer support group chapter back home, which was really hard to leave. But, um, you know, I'm all about recovery and, you know, faith in science. So with all those things uh, intertwined, it was pointing me up here. So therefore, now we're living up here. Oh, that's, and, that's great, man. That's great. And they're great that you're able to kind of figure out like where you wanted to be as far as like going through rehab stuff, doing rehab stuff. Cause I mean, yeah, being so early in your, in your injury, it's uh, definitely a good thing. Yeah. Good thing to, to find and, and be, be near, you know, like so a good, good rehab hospital like that. And, you know, you've talked to, uh, I've seen you post some pictures and stuff with uh, the folks from the Triumph Foundation. I know you mentioned them earlier um, and saw a couple photos with a friend of the podcast, Chelsea Furick. I'm not, oh, yeah. I, I always get her last name messed up, man. But oh, you got it, Chelsea Furick. That's it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she was, uh, yeah, man, she's, she's awesome too. So she's, she's very cool. Um, yeah, what you know, what did that mean to you to kind of get in? Yeah, like get in with a group because like up here in, uh, in Washington state, we don't have quite, I mean, you guys have a lot more uh, stuff going on down there as far as like the expos and stuff like that, which is very cool. But, um, you know, we talk about just like having that um, kind of community of other folks with, with spinal cord injuries nearby that you can reach out to. Um, and, and how has that kind of helped you transition into this, this new, hopefully temporary uh, life that you have to li live here? You know, I I really can't say enough about my group back home. I was one of the hardest decisions uh making to um to relocate. Um I went over, you know, with my fiance numerous amounts of times and I knew in my heart that I had to do I have to do everything in my power to do better for myself, to better my family, better myself to better others. Um but being with them and Chelsea was practically just a few miles away from my old residence. Uh, Chelsea was one of my right hands and so many others, my buddy, Kyle, my buddy, Alan, Richie, um, Dennis and, and David and Esmeralda, 
so many more to count. Um, it was it was a blessing, man, because these people, you know, they're going through what I'm going through. They're feeling what I'm feeling. When they're having a bad day, we could talk it out. We could talk about it. If they need a shoulder to cry, and I'm there, and you know, vice versa. Um, it's a beautiful thing to have a community with people that fully and truly understand this injury. You know, it becomes like a family. So they're my family. And um, I try to get them up here all the time. I've only been up here five weeks. I have a few friends up here that I made because, I, like I said, I was really resourceful. And I reached out and people reached out to me. Um, my story made the front page of the Mercury News in the Bay Area and was published on Mother's Day. So it got a lot of publicity. Um, you know, they called it the beacon of hope. But, you know, having my peers, my friends back home, was a huge part of my recovery and I'm grateful for them always and forever. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Um, that's, that's so beautiful. So, um, and, and I did get to read that, uh, that article, uh, about you in the, the San Jose Mercury news. That was, that was a beautiful piece as well, man. Um, you know, what was that? I, I, so you're still in the hospital when you get to hold your daughter for the first time, like, what was that whole, ex- I mean, like, that about brought tears to my eyes, man, just seeing the picture. So, like, talk talk about what that moment meant for you. And then, like, what, she's, like, two years old now, a little over, almost two years old. She's um, creeping up on you. She's, a, <laughs> and she's freaking adorable, man. Like I said, I, I was going through some of your, uh, your photos, and, like, she's, she's a character for sure, man. She's just a, a precious little girl. So, yeah, yeah, talk about, talk about getting to, uh, to hold her for the first time um in the hospital and and just what that meant to you um i think you know truly weighing in and looking in that moment thinking back to it because it wasn't all that long ago um made sense like life despite everything despite being in a wheelchair despite not being able to move like 70 percent of my body and struggling with everything i do it just it made sense looking down at my daughter, you know, looking at Bella, you know, um, they're my saving grace. And there's, there's really nothing more that can explain it. They're my saving grace. You know, I fought so hard to stay with them, to be alive for them so she could have a father in her life so I could be a father to my daughter. And, you know, God blessed me with another chance. And I, that's what it meant to me, just saving grace. So that says it all for me. Wow. You know, I was going to ask you because I had some, some dark moments after my injury, um, you know, where my faith kind of waned a bit. And I feel, I was going to ask you if that happened to you, but I mean, I feel like with that miracle of having a daughter right then, it probably didn't. Right. I mean, I mean, did you have any issues, any like moments that you were like asking God, blaming God or you know, asking why, why you, or, you know, what was, I feel like it's such a, it's such a crazy paradigm with like having a, you know, having this crazy injury, also having, you know, your beautiful daughter born six weeks later or whatever. Yeah. Every day, still to this day, I ask that question, you know, um, like I said earlier in the podcast and the, you know, in the recording, that I have my good and my bad, 
you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I have probably more bad than good, but I try to, I, I, I fight in, I fight in silence a lot. You know, I, I suffer in silence, you know, uh, I just try to, I try to pray, pray on it. You know, I try to give it to God because this is beyond me, man. You know, I, I thought I knew struggle until I met spinal cord injury. I thought I knew struggle until I met spinal cord injury. I don't, I think this is one of the most catastrophic injuries known to mankind. And I try to, I try to keep in mind and people have told me time again, you know, God doesn't give, uh, God, God gives only his strongest soldiers, his strongest soldiers, the hardest battles. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of laughed at that or just shook my head to that. or I didn't even know how to respond to that in times when people had told me that, but, uh, I'm a firm believer in the time of which we're injured, and I'm a firm believer in that we won't be in this wheelchair forever. I I couldn't agree more, man. And and I think that yeah, I mean, like whatever advice I can give to you, man. I'm I'm five days away from my 25th life day. Um, you know, it's it. There are good days and bad days, brother, and and it just you know, got it. You just gotta keep your head up and keep yeah keep pushing forward man and i think that uh and, and you'll 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 see man uh, it get, it gets easier over time but it's never it's never easy that's for sure but uh yeah i mean i think you got you got a sound uh mindset it sounds like so um yeah and, and like you said man there's when you know your team of of your group of people that surround you with the triumph foundation and those guys, man, just like reaching out and talking to people is always, always good. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you were uh, willing to come on and tell us all this stuff. You know, I want to, I want to switch it up into like a little bit of a uh, more uh, happy, happier kind of news. Um, you, you know, yeah. like I, I know you're uh, your Instagram, you know, kind of presence on, you know, I, I, just kind of came across you within the last few months, but, um, I'm, I'm super uh, interested in hearing how like you started sharing stuff. Cause like, that was always tough for me, man. Like once. So, cause I mean, obviously I got injured before social media was even a thing. I mean, my space might've been around right. when I got hurt, but, uh, <laughs> like I, I see you out there, man. And you're always, uh, you're, you're, that's why I called you an advocate. Cause you're always posting, you know, stuff, that other other folks are posting your people's fundraisers people's um just just different things related to spinal cord injuries and kind of um you know i i guess like issues facing the spinal cord injury community so you know where did that um you know what made you just really like get out there and start start sharing stuff like that um i i think what really struck me was a lack of resources for spinal cord injury right off the bat. You know, I really got deep and heavily into research and learning and listening to other people's podcasts and stories and spending nights and hours of just shedding tears and, you know, just learning all that I can and soaking it all in about this injury. And there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain and despair behind this injury that a lot of people don't see. And the financial the financial side of things where everything is just expensive. It's an expensive injury, you know, lack of resources, limited, this limited that. And me being workers compensation put me in a lot more blessed position than others, including my peers. And 
I was just like, no, this some, something has to give. That's always my thing. Something has to give. This can't be it for us. We live in the 21st century. Come on, man. Like this, this is, this is, this is, this is ridiculous. You know, this is unacceptable in my book, like something needs to give. So when I saw my friends struggling and I did what I could for them, you know, giving them medical supplies, getting them this, getting them that, because, you know, I, I guess I got dealt a better hand, if you will, the way I was injured. So if I have the ability to help my, another person that's injured like myself, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do it. And, um, people people need to be more selfless you know and more of us than we notice have more that, that we don't see a lot of us that don't realize these things we have more than what we need you know there's people out there that have it five times worse than me there's people out there with a trach in their throat getting through their life day by day and i've seen it time and time again from santa clara valley medical center when i went all the way to craig four and a half months ago meeting these newly injured people and seeing that. And it broke me. It touched me in a way that I can't even fully explain, but it made me realize how very blessed that I am considering how violent my injury was, you know, that I'm a C6 break and not a C1 break, you know? So I thank God, despite all the disadvantages I have, despite all the paralysis, I still thank God that it's not worse than what it is. So, you know, that's how I got through, man, for a lot of years, just telling myself it could always be worse, right? Like, yeah, thank God I don't have a trach or, you know, I have to have breathing. Yeah, that can breathe on my own and all that. So that's good that you're kind of able to see that so soon after your injury. Um, I was going to ask, uh, that was one of the questions I, I had come up with midstream was, uh, what do you have any like legal recourse against the company since they didn't have the proper um the other person up on the roof with you at the time of your your fall or i, I yeah. don't know if you can even talk about that if it's like a legal matter or whatnot i do i did lawyer up i did lawyer up pretty immediate after leaving santa clara valley med um a lot of advice was given to me like i said um i met some great staff and faculty from the nursing to the PTs, to the OTs, to the doctors, even at Santa Clara Valley, and I when I when I say they were great, they were the really greatest. You know, they really helped me time in and time out, and they still check in on me on Instagram. They write me messages, they DM me, you know, thinking about you, praying for you and your family, thinking about you and your daughter and Bella. You know, um, they even put me on their uh, calendar of last year. Where were where were the uh, January <laughs> on the Santa Clara Valley? medical center calendar so um yeah um you know they, they they gave me the advice to get a lawyer get a lawyer so i took it i took it and i ran with it you know my brother told me the same thing and at the end of the day they, they don't care whether or not i have a home or roof over my head you know you know everything kind of it's a business you know i'm no longer valuable to the business because i got hurt but a lot of reason why I got hurt was on them. So, yeah, I lawyered up pretty immediate after leaving the hospital. Yeah, I know. I got to, man. So that's good. Hopefully that that results in uh, in some money coming your way, man. That That's – couldn't even imagine. Couldn't even imagine, Adrian. Uh, I've got a daughter, man. I have, to, I have to support my little girl and my yeah. fiance. You know, I have a family. 
Yeah, by any means necessary. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even have given it a second thought to call a lawyer. So yeah, I, I'm glad you did that. Um, you know, all right. So so transitioning now, man. Like this, like last question. I know. Um, I was gonna say you're trolling me wearing that Denver Broncos hat right now because <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, you know, we 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 both were in the uh, the the quad iron uh, fantasy football league this year um that that our guy Caesar Flores started and uh it was fun fun to play man we got uh it was just a group of uh like what 10 or 12 quadriplegics all uh battling it out for fantasy football relevancy I guess I got I got second place to to Caesar man good good for him bro shout out but right on right on Caesar yep yep so that was that was fun playing playing man being in the league with you guys and uh Hopefully we can run that back. Uh, hopefully your Broncos, man, your Broncos. I'm a Seahawks fan, so you guys, you guys roasted us that last game, man. Cost us that good, good draft pick. So, but. well, you know what, man. I mean, I wish Russell Wilson performed the way that he did for you guys. You know, with the Broncos, we have a lot of problems on the offensive line. Uh, you know, uh, I did not expect to be in dead last place in fantasy football at that as well, but. I had a lot more faith in Wilson, you know, coming in. I was like, all right, we finally got a new sheriff in town. But that I've, I've been off more than I can chew there. Ain't no one got to replace Peyton Manning. Oh, man. You know? yeah. Oh, better better luck next year. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm back on uh, Russell Wilson's <laughs> bandwagon now that I'm, we're not, uh, you know, Seahawks, we're getting his draft pick this year. So we were, uh, were definitely rooting against him all year, but. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he turns it around for you guys next year. So, God, I hope so, man. I tried to catch a preseason game while I was at Craig, but uh, I ran out of time. I was gonna try to watch. I think a preseason game two against the Vikings. They came down to Colorado, but uh, I was outside for a moment, tailgating for a second uh, on my off hours with Craig. So that was cool. You know, my first time at the Mile High and everything. So. Cool. It was a great experience. It's actually where I bought the hat too. Oh, nice, nice. Good. That, that's I like that old school Denver logo, man. That's a good, good one for yeah, sure. But yeah, how and how are you a Broncos fan living in Central California, man? You should be a Raiders fan or something. Oh no, man. Never would be... No, man. I I used to lash out with all my friends. I mean, I'm talking like able body days, just drinking and talking shit back back and forth to one another. You know. And oh, all wow. of them are Raider fans, dude. I just, I just never liked the Raiders. And what really made me not like the Raiders was their fans. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive me because there's, some, I'm sure there's some great fans out there that are Raider fans. But I don't know, man. They, they really set me off, man. Like uh, uh, this whole Raider Nation, one nation. I'm like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> give me man, a break. Back Get up. Here I got, I got a hundred stories I could tell you, man. Back when the uh, Seahawks were in the. AFC West of uh, crazy Raider fans at at uh, the Kingdom in Seattle. It was, it was nuts, man. Just fights breaking out left and That's right. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. Like my brother, my brother's he's he lives up here. He lives two miles away from me, and um, he went to a Raiders game, you know. And I think uh, he's a piece of cheesehead. He's a Packer fan. Oh, okay. So I think he went. I would think he went flying some colors, some some Packers colors, and people were like throwing drinks on them and all kinds of just ridiculous things i'm like you guys gotta be kidding me bro you're, you're lucky i'm in this wheelchair shit, dude like yeah not cool so um 
Yeah, I think yeah. Talk, talking shit's fine, but yeah, once you start, uh, yeah, like throwing things at people, that turns out never, never ends well. So never, never ends well. So my my grandpa's a big Broncos fan, and I grew up watching football with my grandpa. So that's how I became a Denver Broncos fan. Uh, yeah. Well, so that, that makes sense, man. That makes sense for sure. All right, Adrian, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, taking some time out of your day and, and just being willing to, to share your story with other, other people that, you know, that listen and that, you know, might be going through the same thing that we're going through. So really appreciate Absolutely. you, bro. And uh, I'm sure we'll be, uh, be battling it out in fantasy football, hopefully for some years to come. And, and uh, yeah, you got, you got to get out of last place though, my man. Amen to that, dude. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, all you can do is come up from this point, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, I appreciate you for having me. You know, thank you for taking the time with this podcast. And um, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Man. We'll catch up down the road a bit. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Thank you as well, man. Thank you. All right. That was Adrian Garcia. I really appreciate him being willing to... Uh, come on and, and tell his story, man. I mean, that's uh, like he had to uproot his whole life, like go to another part of California, um, you know, just for to chase that, the dream of walking again, man, of, of you know, going after his rehab. And, and I, I love it, man. That's that's takes a lot of courage. And well, he's got all this family support up there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is you know, true. I mean, that's that's a big part of the rehab, right? You know, having people you can rely on, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, because I obviously I had to go through rehab, you know, 40 minutes away from from my house. Mm. And, and luckily, you know, Ricardo, I had you guys, and, and we had a lot of family up in that area. So it was almost like every every day somebody was there visiting me um, in the evenings, especially. Because, like, that's, like, when you're going through rehab, especially, man, that's, like, when it gets lonely is, like, when you're sitting there by yourself, like, after you're done with all the rehab all day and you know you're like wiped out but it's still like i mean you're tired but you still yeah and you're still adjusting to the fact that you have to rely on other people right yeah yeah and yeah it's definitely comforting to have have family and friends around in that situation so um i definitely can feel for him in that respect like it it was probably tough to to get by but yeah i think it sounded like his mom was nearby um and then you know obviously his girlfriend and um his pregnant girlfriend was had gone with him up there as well and like thank god they were able to have her give birth in the same hospital um that he was doing rehab in like that that's that's a blessing for sure yeah and that he was able to be there and you know that's pretty fortunate and just think how i mean how great it's going to be for that little girl to look at people in wheelchairs and not think of them as somebody different. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And that, you know, I've, cause yeah, Mike, my, my nieces and nephews, like, and so our brother, Matt, his, his brother-in-law, kids. well, his brother-in-law is also has, um, I'm not sure, like cerebral palsy or something. So he's in a wheelchair as well. Um, Danielle's brother. And so he, they've like seen, they, yeah, they've been their whole lives. They've had it. Like seen, yeah. yeah, Been around people in wheelchairs their whole lives. So, 
um, that school Brandon's kids have been around been around me since since the jump so they're they're both used to people in wheelchairs I think it's just yeah it's good to, to have that exposure I think for sure oh yeah you know? definitely it's you know it's it's not something that you want but I mean you know that little yeah. B- Bella I think was her name right is gonna mm-hmm. you know have a lot of empathy for other people which yeah. is great you know exactly so, exactly yeah. yeah I mean it's just yeah it's one of those things man you, you're not really exposed until you're exposed and uh, you know the earlier the better I guess because I mean yeah you're not going to be awkward around people in in wheelchairs like I remember uh, Jason Sinkmar's dad yeah. uh, was in a wheelchair I just seen that guy at the gas station the other day did you yeah. wow yeah that, that was like the first person I was really exposed to being in a wheelchair at least like that I can remember clearly that's and, right yeah he was like He's a super nice guy, man. Like, really, uh, really outgoing and funny. He's and gassing up his wheelchair? No, he's uh, he's probably a paraplegic. But yeah. so he he. But ever since we you know we were young, that's that's a guy who was always going to do stuff on his own. Oh right. Uh, he, right. So yeah. he can drive, but he does really like he'll get his wheelchair into the car and throw it in there and then prop himself up and just just a straight beast yeah. always. Nice. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, he still looks the exact same, probably because he just works so hard at everything. Yeah, just keeps him young. I yeah. saw him down at the gas station pumping gas. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's cool. Small world for sure. I mean, I guess it's, he still lives in the same town as us, but that's uh, well, yeah. Over there. But, uh, and and you know, Jeremy, uh, not to you know bring you back into this again, but your your twenty five years is a testimony that uh, Adrian's going to have a long life ahead of him mm-hmm. and a lot of good things. You know, marriage, all those good things with his fiance are still on his plate. Absolutely. To come, right. You know. So. Yeah. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and you know he. He definitely, I liked how, you know, he, he does, like, he posts, he promotes, like, everybody's, like, in kind of in the spinal cord injury community, like, definitely, like, posts their, if, if they're, like, trying to, like, raise money for something, whatever the case may be, he's, like, really, like, on there, like, you know, pushing that stuff out, which is cool, and, uh, you know, I, I, the way that he talked about, you know, like, thank God I don't have a trach, or yeah. I'm not, you know, I, I'm able to breathe on my own. Like I, I think about stuff like that all the time, man. Gratitude, like how, gratitude for how sure. lucky I am that, that that wasn't the case. Well, how know? lucky are you that you didn't have MySpace in 1998? <laughs> because that's what you thought you had in 1998, according to this podcast. Because he's like, oh, if only we didn't have social media or the MySpace might have been around when I got injured. And I was like, yeah, it's quite a few minutes no, later. I thought I said, there, I thought I, I thought You're I looking said my, a little grayer than oh, you think man, you are, I thought, man. I'm like, pretty sure I said I don't think MySpace nah, is even around. I, I was like, I got I injured even before MySpace. Yeah, no, we definitely didn't have MySpace. Yeah, like, we okay. barely had the internet, bro. We, yeah. We had uh, it was It was a different time for sure. Yeah. What was that? Uh, what was that? internet tv thing we had, we had the web tv but web it's TV. it's super cool to uh see that the community um which could be so sparse and disconnected is able to connect through social media so i know we talk a lot of bad things about social media and there are but you know what what the there are some great things such as connecting communities like this yeah um and i really want to get us down to a convention now after yeah, we he need had to, said man. that he went there, I'm like, man, we got to get Jeremy down to Los Angeles. We can drive. We don't need to deal with the fucking airplanes. 
because we know that's a nightmare. Yeah. And just drive down there, 18 hours, let's go. Tell me you're down. Yeah, I'm down. I'm Car down. Car is down. You're let's down. Let's go. Okay. We'll Find do it out. next year, Find man. Let's do it next year. Yeah, yeah, we will. It's all downhill from we'll here. We'll get a booth. Just we'll put it in neutral and the car will just coast. We'll record an episode down there. Or yeah. three. Yeah. Or five interviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just snag people yeah. cruising around. Absolutely. The, yeah, no, we, that, that's a good idea, man. We could definitely do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with it, man. Let's, uh, yeah, we'll figure out when, when the next uh, Abilities Expo is and we'll head down. That'd be fun. They might even be having, I think they might even be talking about having one in Seattle. So that would be cool, too. We'll definitely be there for that. Yeah, you bet. Betcha. You betcha we will. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, man. I just, I do, I just, I really, yeah. Back to Adrian. I can't thank him enough for for being well. I mean, that, that takes a lot. Like, I don't know if I could have talk, talked about my situation that openly less than two years after my accident like i was pretty closed off and he he definitely had mentioned that he was um that the the trauma of the experience was tough for him to talk about and he had ptsd from it and those are little known things about you know that we don't talk about sure we talk about oh now i can't move fuck that's hard right now think about my head was split open and there was blood everywhere and you know, I, I fell off a roof, and I remember that maybe, right. you know, whatever it might be. Or, or I got I shot or, what, I mean, yeah, like whatever the case may be. Yeah. There's like it's so many, hmm. you know. I remember I could barely, I it was so hard to get in a car and ride in a car after my accident. Like, Bro, I, it still is for you. Can't even tell you, man. <laughs> still oh, paranoid. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that this is all part of the healing process, and I know it was hard for him. But uh, you, you could kind of hear it a little bit in his voice, I think, at least for me. And I think it affected you in a little way, too, Jeremy. So Yeah, I did, man. I mean, this, yeah, his story really uh, resonated with me. I don't know if that's the right word, but I mean, it just, yeah, it really affected me. Because, um, like, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine being engaged and having a baby on the way and then something like this happening. Mm just yeah i mean there's i'll take well yeah he would yeah. you know i think he even said he was talked to her right before the accident yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i think he said didn't you say like well yeah i'll be well, home was, yeah i'll be home and oh, man yeah. see that's just crazy yeah it is so it, yeah thank yeah thank god he survived thank god that uh you know, his daughter is freaking adorable man on his instagram page so i think the the pictures he sent me to post uh for, for this podcast also he's, it's him and his little daughter so um everybody will be able to see uh their yeah their relationship seems awesome and um yeah i'm just thankful that he's in this space and 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 willing to share man and that's i uh, can't thank him enough and hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode and we will be back at it next week hopefully back in studio with you boys and uh yeah thanks again please listen like rate review share all that good stuff and uh we'll be back next week sounds good jeremy